The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Terrific guest with us today. I'm sure some of you have seen his content. It's fantastic. Dr. Savarian, say hello to everyone. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited for you to be here. I know you specialize and you do a ton of cosmetic dentistry and that you help dentists up their cosmetic game, if you will. Tell me a little bit about how you became a dentist and then how'd you transition from there to helping other dentists? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I was actually a pro soccer player in, in the early 90s, 92 to 95. And my dad was a surgeon, is, is a retired surgeon now, medical surgeon, medical doctor. And uh, so I was always brought up in the health environment and a few times saw my dad save people, help people. And I always thought that was really cool. So I was playing, I was a straight athlete in my twenties and uh, kind of looked around the veterans in the locker room. And I thought, well, I don't really want to be them at 45 years old. So, you know, what do I transition into? And so I fell into dentistry, decided to be a dentist at 27 kind of gave up. I was going into my fourth year playing professionally and uh, had to make a decision. You know, do I continue as an athlete and, you know, play 15 years or, you know, pivot? And so I did. I pivoted in 1997. I started Tufts Dental, graduated 2001. And from 2001 to 2004, I had a lot of questions. Just it seemed like I didn't really understand the oral cavity very well. And yet I was a doctor of the mouth and I was like a little confused. So started the journey of learning more about TMJ and sleep apnea and orthodontics and kind of becoming really a true doctor of the oral cavity. Went, got my training at Las Vegas Institute from 2004 to 2017. Took over 40 courses at LVI. Grateful for the training and the courses that I took. And that really helped me understand that it's all about the maxilla, not the mandible. So we're so focused about the mandible and all the problems with the mandible, but a lot of it is a deficient maxilla. So that's nugget number one for you dentists that are a bit confused about how to position the mandible. Look at the maxilla first. But with that said, I realized in the on the forum, LVI forum, I realized the doctors really struggled. Clinically sound doctors, very smart, great people, very empathetic, um, but just struggled on the business side. And, and I did as well. I mean, I did as well. And I still do on many occasions. I still make mistakes and I still pivot. And we can talk a little bit about my most recent pivot. But, yeah. but so in 2004, all the way through basically 2013, 14, I you know, started to wonder if there's something else we can do to help doctors. And so in 2016, I started a little bit more of what I'm doing today, which is to try to give back to my profession and help really through my lens of mistakes that I've made, buying the wrong practice, hiring the wrong hygienist, hiring the wrong office manager, investing in the wrong dental practices and, you know, buying, you know, real estate at the worst times, just sure. a lot of undisciplined business decisions that, that ended up biting me in the butt. So 
that's a little bit of a background of why and how I got started into where I am today. Yeah, we're going to get into that pivot here in, in just a moment. You know, you mentioned something about business and how difficult it is and, and keeping up with it. I, I, I tell people this all the time. I tell dentists to be reminded of this. A lot of the, the problems that they're having in business, it's not a, just a dentist problem. All businesses and business owners struggle with these types of problems. And there is no real school outside of business school that teaches business to its students, right? So having help with this is incredibly important. We're going to get to that pivot in a second and why you pivoted. And the reason why you pivoted again, right? And why you're helping dentists in a different way now is because there's a lot of challenges and a lot of problems. You touched on some of those, but what are some of the big problems that you're seeing dentists have today? Like what's a common call that you're hearing, a common frustration and problem that you're seeing that you have a solution Leverage. Leverage. They're mm -hmm. over leveraged. You know, they come out, a lot of the young dentists are coming out with huge debt and sure. they really don't like the DSO model. They feel that they're ethically challenged. Their autonomy is taken from them. And they question whether after five, six years, they chose the right profession. So that's the problem. And then once they want to get into their own private practice, one fear gets in their way and they just don't want to invest in a six to $900,000 dental practice knowing that they've, they're already kind of scared if they want to even be in the profession. Yeah. So sometimes it's an escape for them to get rid of their current problem. And they feel that if I'm an associate, this will continue. So let me just go become a business owner. And, sure. you know, that's not always the right decision. But um, I think the key component is really comes with how you manage your fear how yep. you manage your, the risk tolerance that you have and how much confidence you have in yourself. There's so much to that discussion as far as self-development and you're 25, 30 years old. And to be honest, you're still not self-developed, right? I mean, yeah. you're still very immature at that age, although, you know, you got a degree and you feel like, you know, you're on top of the world, but you're just still very immature in the, in the grand scheme of things. So that's, that's one thing. The other thing is, is, the business schools don't really teach you the real world. You know, how do you manage people that don't pay you? How do you manage people that file complaints to the dental boards? How do you manage people and team members? And, and, and when you have a situation where there's a lawsuit against you, I mean, this is the real world. And, and being that we're so successful scholastically, it's difficult to be, you know, kicked in the growing and punched in the face yeah. where you've never been before because you were that smart kid in school. So that also has a lot of components that challenge you mentally. And, and then it's the, the home, right? I mean, how you live your lifestyle. I mean, it's a small business that you're running. So, you know, what kind of relationship do you have with your partner? How much support do you have from your partner? Does your partner trust you? Does your partner have confidence in you? Does your mm. partner believe in you? These are discussions that you need to have. So, you know, an accumulation of home and business and the consumer world. Um, those are all things that school doesn't prepare you for business or dental school. Right. So it's, it's a different world when you get out there. Right. Yeah. And you know, I've had a couple of guests. It's just ironic that or the, it's, it's probably not a coincidence actually that, you know, we're talking about stress recently. I had a guest on yesterday talking about stress a hand surgeon on a few weeks ago talking about inflammation and how much of it is stress generated, how a good amount of it is, you know, the posture and what have you. And there's a lot of truth to that, but it's a lot of stress to causing inflammation. You don't see, and I don't, I don't want to just 
freak everyone out, but you don't see a lot of 48 year old people that work, you know, an employee is a salaried position somewhere, an hourly position somewhere dropping dead of a heart attack from stress. Right. But you do yeah. see business owners and it's not just dentists, it's business owners across the board. So, you know, tons of problems. What are some solutions to these problems? How do you avoid the DSO model, which I'm not personally against, but how do you avoid the DSO model if that's not your thing, but also get the type of help and support that you need to thrive, not just professionally, but, but personally too? Yeah. I mean, first you have to realize that it's a process. There is no finish line. Um, mm. Getting a dental degree is not the end. It's just the start. Sure. Uh, the second thing is, is the finish line by definition is death, meaning don't set yourself up for failure. Consider every process, a process to the next level. Meaning, you know, if you're a new grad, well, you got to get your clinical skills up. You got to spend the time, the energy, the money to invest in more clinical training. Mm -hmm. Today, associates have a lot of value to a private practice if they know how to do root canals, if they know how to do extractions, if they know how to sure. graft, if they right. know how to place dental implants, yep. make yourself productive, make yourself have the skill set to be of value when you have a resume going out and looking for a position. Crown and bridge and fillings, that's not going to be very exciting for a private practitioner to hire you. Now, you can sit on the sidelines and bitch about how you don't get opportunities or actually go and do what I just said, yeah. right? Because that's where you're going to differentiate yourself from the other rest of the pool of people sitting on the sidelines because they don't want to invest in their clinical training right. and they don't want to go beyond their DMD because again, fear gets in their way. I'm a half a million in debt. Now you're telling me to go invest another 100, 150 grand or 300 grand to learn how to do something extra. Well, yes, that's what you got to sure. do. 500 is just a starting point. That's but right. you also have to realize it's a process. So what does process mean? Well, I talk about this. I was I spoke at the Maxi course in Utah in January. There was 35 doctors in the room. They all had the same degree, DMD, DDS degree. They all had the same weight as far as what they can accomplish in the real world. The reality is some of those doctors are going to do $500,000 of gross business and some are going to do $6 million of gross business. They have the same degree. What's the difference? Right. So you have to understand that you are in control, not right. the private practice, not the DSO, not the economy, not your parents or your wife or husband. You are in control. So if you're doing half a million of gross business or your skill set is such that that's all you can do, well, you're the problem. Sure. Right? So, you know, pull up your big pants and get out there and make a difference. Right. And that's the challenge that a lot of doctors don't understand. They want to point fingers. And the first place that it needs to be pointed at is yourself. Now, let me add to that, because as much as you have clinical skills, the biggest thing in dentistry and the only thing in dentistry that matters is communication skills. So you can have the clinical skills, which is where all these LVI doctors were struggling. They had all the clinical skills. They just didn't know how to communicate and convert cases, which is really where the secret sauce is. And I think that's where the mindset comes into play. Mental health comes into play. Discipline 
comes into play accountability comes into play self you know self development comes into play there's just a lot of components there that differentiate the person that can sell dentistry and convert cases versus just having clinical skills and then obviously running a business talks about leadership and management so again it's a process there's no finish line so you know understand that you have a very powerful degree and you know what? A lot of seasoned dentists struggle as well. So it's not just the new young grads coming out. It's the seasoned dentists that have the mental health issues 10 years or 15 years in because right. they didn't manage all of these areas that I'm talking about now as far as expectation and the process. Um, sure. So patience is a huge part of this entire thing. Yep. That's all really good advice. It's fantastic advice. And I think it's, it's needed something people should probably re-listen to that segment of this podcast because I think it's really valuable and really challenge yourself. If you disagree with it, ask yourself why you're disagreeing with this, right? Because there's there's a planet full of incredibly successful people that have gotten into that top 10%, 5%, 1%, and they have this type of mindset. So it does seem to work. Let me ask you this question. And what is the pivot that you've done? So what are you doing now? What kind of a model have you created? And what are you doing now to help dentists avoid the DSO model, but also have the type of support that they need and want to thrive. Yeah. So as I was saying earlier, I, you know, through a process of launch and relaunch and development from 2016, we formed November of 2020, we formed a, a program called Love Bites Dental. And Love Bites Dental, by definition, has grown into where at the flagship of what we're trying to accomplish with doctors to give back is a franchise model. Well, the issue with the franchise model or the great thing about a franchise model is it's a community of support. But let me take a step back of why this evolved. It evolved because I had three practices and I had close to $20,000 a month in just rent payments and I had empty chairs. And so what ends up happening first is with this franchise model that I'm sitting in right now, it's a very boutique type model, which says one dental chair can be very powerful for you if you understand how to maximize that chair. And so it's a model of less than a thousand square feet, two, three mm -hmm. operatories. I'm my office that I just started. It's a startup franchise model is two operatories, 550 square feet. I saw seven patients last week on, on one day and was able to produce you know, $10,000 of dentistry out of one chair. Yep. So you don't need the big debt coming out with business loans. So yeah. this whole thing, I turn the lights on with $100,000 new equipment. And the, the secret there is, is plumbing in dentistry is very expensive. So if you want to build out a space, it's $250 a square foot. That's national average. For 550 square feet, that's $137,500. My build out cost was $8,995. That is valuable to understand because I don't need to go get a 7% 10-year loan to pay that $140,000 with interest, which turns out to be guesstimating $250,000, $300,000. Right. The other thing is, is I'm very lean, which means I'm working out of one chair. I do have a second chair for, you know, follow-ups or, you know, whatever I need as far as an extra. But really, if you're a high-producing doctor 
and your clinical skills are sound, you only need one and a half chairs. Look at the all on X doctors. They don't do all on X on four arches at one time. They do one arch at a time in one chair. Now, those doctors need a second and a third chair for post-op recovery. But the point is, even if you're a surgical practice, you need three chairs, one main one, and then two that are you know, managing the lab conversions or digital flow, whichever you have, and then post-surgical recovery. So that's the model. Low business loan, low rent. My rent here in San Diego for 550 square feet is $1,372 a month. That reduces my almost $20,000 of rent uh, monthly compared to this. It's a night and day difference. And our model, we've done a full financial performance with the CFO. You will net over 50% on this business model. The other thing that's important, we really incorporate virtual dentistry. So a lot of our work is done virtually to get the patient financially approved, go over treatment planning and get that butt in the chair. When that butt is in the chair, they have been financially approved. Now, we know it's not going to be a 100% perfect system, but if we're over 80%, getting that butt in the chair financially approved, here's what it does. It reduces my payroll from 25 to 33%, which is what most dental practices run, to 5.5% because I'm only in the office when I'm producing. And the team is only in the office when we're producing or when the patient is mid-treatment. So 5.5% on payroll is a huge saving. So what is your marketing pitch to the community? Come see me and save 20, 30% on the dentistry, receive the same quality because I'm running a much more efficient business and we're at a network. So I'm providing services for me. I'm providing services that are TMJ, sleep apnea, clear liners, ortho, brackets, wires, kids, adults, and smile makeover. These are generally speaking elective care anyway that doesn't involve dental insurance. So we take away all of the heavy load of dealing with insurance for billing, claims, follow-up. And also, if you want to pay a third party, you're saving potentially three to $4,000 a month paying a third party to manage all of that. So all that headache is gone because what we do is we are at a network. They, we give them a printed claim and they submit it. If they need some follow-up work, we give them minimal support just to make sure they get that claim finalized. So what's the point here? You get into a dental practice, turn the light on for $100,000, $150,000 minimum. Now, if you're busting out of the scene with two, three operatories, that's great. Now you can grow. But what you did was you started lean, right? right? You didn't get a business loan to have five or six operatories with three, four of them empty. You didn't get 2,000 square feet to have 1,200 square feet empty. You didn't get five or six employees that you're paying on payroll working out of one and a half chairs. That's all the inefficiencies that are currently present in a dental practice. And then a lot of these doctors get really emotionally attached to that initial investment, and they go and buy all this technology. The Serac that's picking up dust, the 3D printer that's picking up dust, all of the digital flow for this all on X vision that doctors have that's picking up dust. Why? 
because they're no longer liquid. All their liquidity right. has gone into heavy assets and you know infrastructure. Now they can't market to get that lead to come in the door. And even when they get the lead that comes in the door, they can't communicate, so they can't sell the dentistry. Right. So point is, is you want to be liquid. And liquidity comes from being very efficient on the front end and creating this business model where it's a boutique, I call it practice in a box, is where the true value is. Just to add one more point, when the community comes in, we support you. We have coaching, we have live business and clinical courses. You'll get over 100 CE units through our franchise model. Which, that which we help you with clear liners, implants, TMJ, sleep, cosmetic dentistry, running a business. All those areas are covered in our business model. We support you with Google reviews. We support you with Google My Business. We support you with, as far as having software that will help you. We have virtual software that will help you get the virtual program embedded into your model. And then we have, you know, buying power because we have a community of relationships that we've built. So the community is there that supports you. And guess what? The beauty is there is no ethical issues. You're 100% in charge. You right. are 100% owner of this business. So you sure. don't have to worry about the ethics and the autonomy. You run the show. You're in control. Yeah, makes total sense to me. I'm going to encourage the audience, check out the website. I think what you're saying is really exciting. I think it's disruption at its finest. Check out lovebitesdental.com. Dr. Safarian, I'm going to encourage our, our audience and our website, social media to, to check out what you're doing, to check out your site and check you out. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing with us, Way. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, and, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to say, follow me at, doc, at Dr. Shaheen Safarian on Facebook and Instagram, and you'll get a little bit more about what we do as well, content-wise. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for putting it out there, and thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, Patrick.